Kat. And I'm Cass. And you're listening to Two, Two Book, Book Bitches. Bitches. What's up? Welcome back, everyone. Happy October. It is October. Wow. I love October. I do like October, too. I think October is genuinely one of my favorite months of the year. Are you a spooky bitch or a fall bitch? Spooky bitch. You're a spooky bitch? I love spooky. Yeah. I think I'm a fall bitch. I love fall, too, but I just, like, I want... Like, I want Halloween. Okay, but have you seen that, like, trend on TikTok where it's, like, you get your boyfriend to make you, like... A boo basket? A, a boo basket, but yeah. then you have your your boyfriend's significant other whatever has to know if you're, like, a fall bitch or, or a, spooky bitch. a spooky bitch. So what would you want? Would you want a boo basket to be spooky-themed or fall-themed? No, spooky-themed. Okay, see, I, I would think that's want fall-themed. Um, I watched the first two Harry Potters last night. Mm, get yourself in the mood. Tis the season. R.I.P. Dumbledore. Oh my god, yeah. They did like the whole ritual at um, the Wizarding World. Oh, did they? In like Orlando where they put the wands in the sky. Oh. Yeah. That makes me so sad. It's actually funny watching the movies where he's not the Dumbledore. Well, it's only the first two. Yeah. And then it switches. But it's just like, it's so weird because I guess I'm just like more used to him than the first Dumbledore. Yeah, because he's in the rest of them afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like they're they're both such good Dumbledores. Like I don't I, I don't think I could pick which one I like better. I feel like they both bring something different to the role. I feel like the first Dumbledore is softer. Like I feel yes. like you know in the Hogwarts, like did you put your name in the Goblet like, of Fire? Like he actually would have said he that gently. Have said it softly. It would have been like Harry. Did you, Harry, did you put, put your, your name, name in, in the, the Goblet, Goblet of Fire instead of the Harry? Running, did you put your <laughs> instead of running and screaming at him? In the, in the he was of. literally like screaming, crying, throwing yeah. up. That was like so bad um what do anything interesting that we did because we like batch film these episodes right so i feel like if anything interesting happens over the month like we just have to do it when we, we do like, it at the very first episode at the very first episode nothing, they, yeah nothing new to say afterwards no really like because we're just filming more episodes after this um what you know do, what i do want to talk about for a hot second just totally unrelated no please but i want to address I would love that. The whole Roman Empire thing. <laughs> I really <laughs> want to talk Roman? about that. Okay, okay, okay. Like, you know, the, if, you don't, if you're not familiar, there's a trend on TikTok going around where it's like you ask your like men, anyone in your life, brother, husband, dad, how often they think about the Roman Empire. And it turns out that majority of them say, well, you know, like pretty often. And, and, you, and you'll like question them, what does that mean? And they'll be like, yeah, you know, once a week or something. Like, and it's intense. And they're like, wow, that's often. Yeah, that's like a... And I don't that's know like what a... it is. And they'll explain why. And they'll be like, well, you know, like just think of the empire. Now they conquered all these people and like the gladiator. And they'll just go on some tangent. I recommend it. It's sometimes some of the answers you get are quite hilarious. <laughs> um, but then everyone, all like the girlies were like, well, what's the female version of the Roman empire? Okay, so... And I think... No, there's not like one specific one that's like like just yeah. the Roman Empire, but I think there's like a few. There's a few that a lot of girls are like, okay, yes, that, that, and that. Yeah, works. I also me. feel like Roman empires are like very specific. Like sometimes I just have like a really specific Roman empire. Like, what are your Roman empires? I think my Roman empires are like. Pride and Prejudice is probably one of them. Mm, that's a good one. I think about that a lot. Honestly, probably Twilight. Like that, yeah. I feel like that somehow crosses my mind like a often lot in the week. It always comes back to Twilight. No, really. And then I feel like my main um, Roman Empire for me, though, is like King Henry VIII and his six wives. Yeah. 
This is a fact. That is like something that I'm always thinking about. And she knows a lot about it. We yeah. saw the musical. Yeah, we saw the mu- musical the other day for my birthday and it was amazing. Loved it. It was actually so good. It, yeah, like it's so good. It's different than a typical musical, right? Because it's yeah. not like, it's not really like a acted in the traditional sense yes. where there's like scenes and like an overarching it's story. It's more like a concert almost. Vibes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a concert and like. I don't know. I thought they were amazing. They did so well. Oh, they so were well. so good. Loved I was it. like having the absolute time of my life. It was really, really yeah. fun. Very entertaining. Those are good Roman empires to have, I what think. What would you think yours are? Um. Okay. I think my Roman empires are. The Roman empire. I actually do think about the Roman empire a lot. I love antiquity. So like low key, like the Roman empire and like ancient Greece. Those are, those are some of my Roman empires. Um, I also think about Princess Diana a lot. Yes, I do. That's, that. that's like a big popular one. That's too. a personal Roman Empire for me. Um, the Library of Alexandria. That's a big one. I think about that a lot. Taylor Swift. That's a big Roman Empire for me. I think about her at least. I think at least once a day. Once a day. I At the very least, I think about her once a day. Like, for sure. For sure. Like... The way I, like, checked to see if she was at, like, the football game last night. She was. She was. I did see that. With many people, actually. She brought, like, an entourage. Yeah. It was, like, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. Her brother. Sophie Turner. Sabrina Carpenter. That box was other Some of the other Chiefs wives were there. Yeah. She does not travel alone. Girlie is like, I am bringing 10 people and I don't give a fuck. I respect that. Looked like she had a good time. Those are, yeah, those are my Roman empires, I think. Those are good. Yeah, thank you. Let, Let us, us know what your Roman Empire is. Let us know. Yeah. I want to know what your Roman empires are. I would love to know. Um, I think that's it. Like we didn't really do anything else interesting this month. Um a red fourth wing. Oh that my was... god, yeah. Okay, wait. Let's talk about that a little bit because I don't want to talk too much about it because I do want to talk I know, about it. I know, same, same. Like same. I want to dedicate like more time to yeah, it. Yeah, same. So we'll save the bulk that. of it but, but like, i did love it and yeah. the second one's coming out really fast after the first one which i love i know i love that i don't have to wait like years she was like let's one. pump this shit I out love that. no that's great um and it's like i guess what was it october 1st is threshing day oh yeah so it was threshing, threshing day to everyone happy threshing day to all those who celebrate um i really like i don't know if i've ever talked about this on the podcast but i read I talked about it with Kat, but I read Fourth Wing originally and I skimmed it mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. I was a hater. I was in my hater era. And then I was That's like, okay. you know what? I got to give this another chance because I kept seeing it on TikTok. And I was like, this seems like so up my alley. Like it has like dragons, like romance. Like I don't understand why I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm not that bitch to like sit there and be like, oh, the plot, this, the plot. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, was I entertained reading it? Yes or no? Yes. That's my main... Like, there are so many things about the book that completely went over my head. And I still, to this day, don't understand. You know, but it's okay. I was there for I was there oh, for everything else. 100%. And the sex scenes were very good. Was, uh, there were, like, so many... There are so many TikToks, if you want, that'll, like, go over theories and blah 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 so it's like really involved but honestly i really enjoyed it yeah and i think we're gonna we're gonna i think we gotta do an episode on yeah yeah like we'll find some at some point maybe we'll do it after the second maybe because like i really do want to talk about it me too we have some time like 
Because we've basically planned out until January. Yeah, but we could we could move some we'll things move, around. We might move some stuff around because it seems like a priority to me right now. It really does. It seems like yeah, this I'm, is this my Roman at, Empire. Yeah, I'm I'm really into this book right now. Like I want a dragon. Well, I mean, who doesn't? Pepper, will you be our dragon? <laughs> Pepper, okay, but doesn't Pepper look like toothless? Yeah, from How to Train Your Dragon, she does. Or um, my husband calls her Falcor from like a never from a never ending story, story. <laughs> yeah. i mean i see it like she has like the same ears yeah but falcor is like um like a cream color like a cream that's the only difference but like the shape of her head and everything is giving falcor falcor especially when she gets a haircut like she got a haircut yesterday and like when thomas picked her up he was like look i brought home falcor <laughs> that's funny yeah but i think she looks like toothless from how to train your dragon she's the same color as yeah toothless. she is okay Anyways. Anyways. Back to <laughs> the purpose of this episode. Correct. Which we are back with House of Sky and Breath. Yes. And today we're doing chapters 18 to 24. Mm-hmm, if you're reading along with us. Yes. But before um, we dive into the chapters, there was a interview with mm-hmm. Sarah G. Mass recently where they were asking her some questions about, you know, her universes and the new release coming up. Mm-hmm. And they asked her... If Hunt is definitely Bryce's mate. Correct. And they were like, well, is it the same way as it is in Akatar? Like, does it mean the same thing? Mm-hmm. And she didn't really answer. She's like, oh, I think that comes up somewhere in the book. So I'll leave that. But then they're like, okay, but like, is, you know, basically they kind of ask, are they going to end up together? Yeah. In a way. Because mm-hmm. Sarah G. Mass is aware that everyone is suspicious of her. Because, I'm always suspicious. Yeah, because especially with the first love, interest. all of her, all of her other books, the first love interest never ends up being mm-hmm. the person they end up with. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm aware of that, but like this time around, I was like, oh, let me just throw a doozy at everyone, like, and this person will be the person that they actually ends up with. But then she does say, if they both are alive at the end of it, if if if, so if they both stay alive till the end of the series then they're definitely mates and they're definitely gonna end up together okay but also have you heard the theory that like um actually it's not a theory i think she has confirmed that you can't have two mates so there are also people that are saying that um bryce might have another mate i don't want to hear that no 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 (laughs) uh no thank you i don't want that theory i don't that's not canon for me it's nope. not canon. Well, she she did say it, so I'm so sorry. Well, whatever. I'm not gonna believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm per- personally, like on a on a deep personal note, um, I am worried for Hunt and Bryce. I'm always worried. I'm I'm worried, and I think as we approach the end of this book, you're you more worried. You will realize why. Yeah, I'm I so worried. Yet, so we'll see. Yeah, um, she also said that she's. Uh, so Crescent City 3 is by and large complete. So currently she is working on Akatar 5. Yeah. So that is the next book that's coming out. Like the next major. And she, it's not an, it's not the novella. It's like genuinely a, a like Akatar 5. Yeah. And obviously like everyone suspects that it's going to be Azrael's book. Is what I think like most people. And then people. we'll put the Elaine uh, shippers. It's either like it's like Elaine, Lucian, Azrael, and Gwen. It's going to be a big foursome. I would love that. No, I, I I don't want him to be with Elaine, so that's that's true. just too perfect for me. Like, is it Gwen or Gwyn? 
Gwyn. Gwyn. I'm stupid. I think I said Gwyn. But anyways. No, you know but what I mean. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because it's I, either or. It doesn't yeah. really matter. I personally would like him to end up with Gwyn. Yeah. I just think it's a little bit different. And you know it's what? Too, it's too tied up in a bow with all three sisters ending up with a three-winged like, like, bad boy. Bad like, boy. no, I don't like yeah. it. I also like, I want Lucian to have a happy ending. He deserves it. Like, I really like him. him. Like, yeah. re-listening to the graphic audiobooks, I was like, oh, I actually like love Lucian. He's a good guy. I want him to have his redemption arc, but we'll see what happens yeah. to that. She also mentioned something that I think is like, well, okay, so she mentions, she had said previously that in order yeah. to, like, if you're going to read Crescent City, you didn't have to read her previous books. Right. You could just read Crescent City. Right. She had said that to, like before, and now she's saying, I take that back. Yeah, you she's... should read her her previous books before you read the third. So that's the Throne of Glass series and yeah. the Actar series. So obviously they're hinting, or she's hinting, I think, to like a like a, a multiverse or a massiverse, massiverse, if you will, I like that. So like I don't know how much Throne of Glass comes into play at, at this point, but I think that big spoiler for everyone that like we all know that Akatar comes into play. Yeah, but. Throne of Glass is TBD, but I guess we should know I mean, about it. I've been starting to compile theories I've seen around the internet because I think we are going to do, like, a theory episode slash, like, release party before Crescent City 3 is is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who are much more into Throne of Glass than I am have been coming up with, like, amazing theories about, like, Throne of Glass, Crescent City, Akatar, and stuff. So I'm really excited for that episode, actually. And I mean, if you have any, like, good theories or, like, if you've seen any good theories, like, tag us or, like, send it to us because I'm, like, saving them all. Like, I think we've been tagged in a couple on TikTok. Um, so if you find anything or if you think of anything, like, send it our way because... Yeah, we're interested. Like, we're going to put it in a in a massive episode so that everyone can kind of... We can we can all go through it together. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So, so where so do we leave off? let's dive in. To the book now. Yes. So we left off last episode about House of Sky and Breath, mm-hmm. where Hunt and Bryce decided that they will do whatever they can to find Emil, and Bryce tells Hunt that she doesn't want to wait until Solstice anymore to have sex. Yes. Fun. So needless to say, spoilers ahead. If you haven't read, stop now. Or don't. Because we're not your moms. And we can't tell you what to do. Exactly. Okay. So we start off with Ethan and Ethan is still shacking up at Bryce's apartment. And it seems like everyone is shacking up at Bryce's apartment. It's like just a big. Yeah. Like hers is like. It's giving the... Monica's apartment. Yes. It's. Oh my. Yes. It is giving Monica's apartment so hard. Like everyone is always there. Yeah. Everyone has a key. Like everyone's just hanging out there. I like, actually kind of love. Doors it. always open apparently. Like, like I want my house to be that house. Be. like i want to be monica like deeply like i want my house to be like oh like we have to do something okay we'll just go to like cass's house i love hosting i do love hosting too it's so fun i love hosting okay anyways <laughs> shagging with bryce's apartment and therion walks in and of course because like obviously it's open it's open open. open door policy and he's starting up a conversation and saying kind of like how long have you guys been doing this shit blah 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 which i assume to mean like meddling he's like how long have you guys been meddling and like absolutely everything that's been going on in crescent city um we find out that ethan has no idea how sandriel and micah died and just you know for a little refresher sandriel was beheaded by hunt and micah was killed by bryce and he's shocked 
by like how it happened because i guess the hysteria obviously were keeping it a secret that was part of like the agreement hunted bryce like don't say say shit right um so then he's like oh my god does sabine know that micah killed danica but what's worse he's like did sabine know and just never told anyone slash like doesn't give a shit which is honestly probably the case which is also worse yeah 100 percent. sabine's like bad mom of the year award like worst mom of the year for sure um therion tells him that the asteri threaten anyone who would possibly tell but ethan is livid mainly at himself forever doubting that bryce didn't love his brother or danica he's like how could i this is such a sorry sidebar actually not really sidebar because it has to do with ethan he has a big fat crush on bryce right no you don't think so no i think he has a big fat crush i don't on bryce. i never got that vibe at all i think he has a little crush on bryce i just thought he was like like brother sister vibes mm, i think so maybe it's evolved that now but i think he has a crush on her and one of the things that happens and i think we'll talk about this in a later chapter it's a line in a later chapter where like hunt decides to go with bryce to the gym Instead of saying to watch the Sunball game. And then I can't remember if it was Therion or someone was like, uh, or or, uh, who makes a comment. Which one would pick, which one would Connor pick? And Ethan's like, he would pick to watch the Sunball game. And then they were like, which one would you pick? And Ethan was like, Bryce. Bryce. So I don't know. I I think I just got close friendship vibes. Okay. I I get. not get crush vibes. I get little crush vibes. But then again, there is something else that happens where he gets super defensive. I don't care. We'll, we'll. We'll, we'll get there we'll and address that you tell you tell us what do you think crush or brother Just sister friend i think a little crush um at this point he decides he needs some time to like process he's like i i just need a minute alone and therion is like no problem girly but like don't take too long because i need like a wolf's nose to find a meal so therion is like bye-bye um and even does what everyone does when he's alone in someone's home he decides to snoop because that's what you do. So he's snooping in Bryce's room and he picks up the sword that Bryce um, leaves like laying around. I think it's like Danica's sword yeah, basically. Sword. And he picks it up and he starts swinging it around. He's like doing the whole like sports narration but like with a sword. So he's like he swings, he parries, he like blah blah blah. This part like, is pretty funny. Yeah I actually really like this part because like Loki this, this this was good. I, I would do the same I think. Pick, are you kidding? Pick up a sword walking around so he's swinging around and and he's like getting ready to like deliver the killing blow so he like jumps on the coffee table and as he's like swinging it down bryce opens the front door to the apartment because she forgot something and the entire coffee table breaks causing ethan to just like lie in the rubble and like he's like i i literally could die of embarrassment like i genuinely hope the floor swallows me up like that would be better than this feeling that i'm experiencing right now um Bryce rushes over but not to help Ethan only because she sees something in like the distance and it turns out to be a pile of Danica's old college papers that were hidden in a secret compartment in the coffee table that's pretty cool I want a secret compartment I literally want a secret compartment you know what I've always wanted though specifically I've always wanted like a bookshelf where you like yes absolutely yes and a door open yes like that's the kind of secret compartment yes. I want absolutely I am a big fucking sucker for like a secret compartment secret door that restaurant we went to had a secret door champagne and oysters yeah yeah it's like a bar in Toronto yeah and it has 
You should go. What happens on the champagne tour stays, stays on, on the, the champagne, champagne tour. tour. Anyways, you should go on the champagne tour at Champagne and Oysters. It's really fun. Um, so now we switch over to Rune. And he's at the auxiliary, like, army with, like, Declan – armory, not army um, – with Declan and Flynn. And they're all cleaning their weapons. And, like, Rune is being super silent, which is throwing Declan off. And Declan is like, okay, like, you have to tell us what's wrong. Like, why are you being so silent? So Rune does. And he's like, oh, I met the Prince of the Chasm um, as a cad. My cousin is a rebel who's dating another spy rebel. And he's looking for a missing kid. And he's going to tell my dad I can mind speak if I don't meet him at the bar and promise to help him. Like, it's all very dramatic. Um, he explains things like way more in depth, obviously, basically like a big vent session and both the boys like Declan and Flynn are like, okay, like we're in like whatever shenanigans you're up to, we will participate. Um, because none of them have a sense of self-preservation like at all. They're always in it for the vibes. Yeah. They're like, you know what? Let's do it for the plot. Yeah. Let's do it for the plot. Love it. Like how bad could for it be? The vibes. Do it for the vibes. Do it for the plot. They don't care. They don't give yeah. a fuck. So now we're back with Bryce at her apartment and she's looking through the papers that fell out of the coffee table and there's obviously like Danica's college papers but there's also documents and images of newspaper articles about like first lights uses and how Mm. it can be made into weapons there are also like academic articles like theorizing on the origin of the world and like what the austerity are and Ethan thinks that maybe this is what Danica found using her like bloodhound gift Mm. and bryce is surprised to know that both ethan and connor knew about this gift while she didn't she's like well everyone fucking knows it for me like no but actually though like why the fuck did everyone know if everyone knew why was it some grand secret that she felt she couldn't tell that's what i'm that's what i'm saying i'm like i don't get it but even with this whole like sophie renas thing i don't know everyone fucking knows about sophie why is it a big secret like everyone's acting as if no one knows when in fact it is the literal opposite and like don't don't you like tell your best friend stuff like you know know when someone's like okay like i have to tell you something but like don't tell anyone and in your head, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, like, two people you're like, oh, but I, like, obviously I'm going to tell them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I won't tell anyone. Meanwhile, you're thinking of all the people you're going to tell. <laughs> it's like, I know exactly two people who I'm going to tell this secret yeah. to. And you're just going to have to if deal with it. you tell me something, chances are Cass also knows. Yeah. Just forewarned. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So Bryce reads the articles and it puts basically into question whether or not the Asteri actually in fact possess the power of an entire star mm, yeah and in the pile of paper bryce finds a, a file titled dusk's truth <gasps> which is like you know we heard all about dusk truth before like what does this have to do with like no one knows but when she opens this file it's blank so it looks like maybe like danica was about to start compiling things in there but she died or were there things in there and she took them out also true she we'll gave them to someone we'll know at a later date yeah because i think because they say the asteri are like literally fallen stars right yeah and like they have the power of a star in yes. them but i guess the whole point is like maybe it's not stars maybe it's just like first but also light. sometimes you're told what you're like a version of a story by the winners or the 100%. people in power. But that doesn't mean anything that they say is true. Yeah, history is written by the victors exactly. for the most part, right? So yeah. if the Asteria are writing history, they're obviously exactly. going to, like, gas themselves up. Now we're with Rune, who went to meet Cormac at a pool hall. And this just seems like a very public place to be having the, a very private conversation that they're about to have. No, literally. And it's like, aren't they worried about cameras or like, I don't know. Yeah, because Declan's always fucking getting other people's yeah. shit from cameras. So like, like, don't you think they are, would think the same? There are other places where they're worried that the cameras have like, like audio. 
So I'm like, why are you having this very important conversation? Such a public place, but whatever. They start playing pool as Cormac asks Ruin to basically hear him out. Like, oh, you know, I'm not going to tell your dad, but I just needed to say that to Mm -hmm. get you here so that you would hear me out kind of thing. Oh, okay, fair. He's not going to tattle. No. No, okay. Well, that's what Cormac says. Right. Who knows what Cormac will do. Gotcha. Cormac tells Ruin that Sophie was in contact with Agent Daybright, who happens to be the most, like, vital spy of the Rebellion because this person has, like, direct access to the Asteri. Mm-hmm. And Cormac believes that someone must have, like, intercepted the messages between Daybright and Sophie and basically, like, broke their codes. And since it's clearly too dangerous to use their old methods of communication through, like, these, like, crystal-fueled radios, mm-hmm. the Rebellion needs, like, someone who can, like, mind-speak to be in direct contact with Daybright. Hence where Rune comes in. Mm-hmm. Rune asks why he should agree to work with Cormac. And Cormac's response is basically like, oh, well, it's because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, he's very, like, self-righteous. He's yeah. like, this This is obviously, we got to do it. This like, cause is worth it. Mm-hmm. He tells Rune that, like, having someone like Daybright, who has, like, direct as- access to the Asteri, basically changes everything. Mm-hmm. And that the intel that Daybright would pass to Rune could basically save thousands of lives. Mm-hmm. Cormac also says that they need Rune's help for the next few months, or at least until they discover the intel that Sophie had. Mm-hmm. Rune then asks Cormac how he even got involved in the rebellion, and Cormac says that he's been working for Ophion for like four years, and now he's like a field commander of the Northwestern Pangerian Spy Network. Like, ooh. 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 Big title. Um, Rune is still confused. Joke's on him. That means nothing to me. I know. Like, what the fuck that means? <laughs> like, what? Okay. <laughs> Rune is confused why Cormac wants to keep Emil away from Ophion, though. Like, he seems like, well, you, you're you working for them, but you want to find a meal before they do. Kind of yeah, thing. like, what's the sitch? Like, you're working for this, like, yeah. these shitty people? Do you not like them? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, but Cormac basically says that while he doesn't doubt their cause, he does doubt some of the people in, in command. Pippa. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Rune considers Cormac's proposition and asks how he would even, like, get in contact with Daybright. Mm-hmm. And then Cormac gives Rune, like, a small quartz crystal and tells him to try to contact Daybright while holding it. Hmm. So, like, just hold it and just think about her. <laughs> I love, like, think. shit like this. It's, yeah. like, just just do it. Just, like, think just about think it. Just think about it. Just hold the crystal even in your like hand in, and wish for it. Even yeah. in other, like, SJM books when they're, like, learning about, like, winnowing, like, this, that, like, all this other stuff. It's, like, just, like, think about it and, like, do it. Yeah. Just, like, think really hard. And I'm, like, what? And hopefully it will happen. Honestly? Okay. This is, like... Did you ever – this is really calling myself out as a child, by the way. Did you ever think that you had telekinetic powers as a kid? I feel like everyone hopes that as a kid. You okay. Like, you ever try, like, just, like, trying to close your door from your bed? Yes! Like, close. Okay. Yes. Like, so reach your hand. No, please. I literally used to sit and stare at an object or, like, stare at a door and, like, think so hard. And I'm like, okay, if I think hard enough, like, it'll move or, like, it'll close. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, I feel like everyone does that. I okay, think, good. I don't think you're, like... Alone in that? Yeah. Okay, that, that makes me comforted yeah. because, like, I feel like that's really weird. See, but I don't think it is because then you watch, like, Matilda and you're like, that could be me, right? No, 100%. Like, you're, I like... I totally like, do that. Like, yeah. Read a billion books. Like, what's, what's stopping me? that that powers my brain. Oh, my... I literally would love... Like, telekinesis would be so cool. Are you kidding? Not having to yeah, get up off really the cool. couch to, like, grab stuff? That's a cool one. Oh, I love that, like, I've never had an original experience in my life. <laughs> no, everyone's done it, too. Okay, thank God. That makes me happy. So, Ruin asks if this crystal was Sophie's, and Cormac confirms that it is. 
and Rune can sense Cormac's pain and asks Cormac if he loved Sophie. He and Cormac admits that he was hoping of finding a way to spend his life with her. So he, he needs to find her in a meal. So if Bryce has any info about whether Danica found a hiding place for them, then he needs to know. I feel like with Sophie and like Cormac, like they probably still, it would have still been shitty because like he's a prince. Well, he even says that he's and like, she's he's a like, commoner, I, right? He's like, I'm not deluding myself to think that like my father would accept like us being together but he's like but i'm still hoping that yeah i can find a way one day he probably would have had to give up like his crown or something yeah i don't or, think like, he really cares about that no i don't think he Mr. gives a fuck rebel field commander of, of the, the northwestern Pangarian spy, spy network. network the way he said that he was like yeah <laughs> no big deal but it's quite a mouthful too i know it's like can we shorten that maybe yeah like what are the what are the the fcnpsn like what there you the go. Bug. That's his title. Exactly. Um. So, anyways, Ruin <laughs> says that they suspect the hiding place uh, might be the bone quarter, and mm. Cormac is like, "Kate, well, we got to find a way to go look there then, because I must find my love." Mm. Uh, Ruin asks what info he should be asking Daybright for, and Cormac tells him to ask about when and where to strike on the spine, right. which is a railway a railway that cuts Pangira in half. Yeah, okay. And it's like the main supply line for the war. Right. So like all like the weapons and stuff would be on Through this that railway. Line. Yeah. Apparently seems like a lot to ride on I like know, right? one railway. But Daybright Daybright has been like hearing rumors about like a new mech tech prototype that the Asteri have been working on designed for the veneer the veneer to like pilot. Oh, so it's not even like people piloting it anymore. It's like the, the veneer, veneer are gonna like go in the suits. Yeah. Ugh. So Rune says that you know, he's decided that he will help Cormac and then Cormac promises that when Rune wants out, he'll get him out. Yeah, he's like, when you're when you're done, I'll get you when out. When you're done, don't worry, your contract's yeah. over. Um, so we're back with Darion now, and he's at the blue court fixing his like wave skimmer machine thing when the River Queen's daughter walks in and she's like basically trying to booty call him. Yeah. She's like, hey, and like she she wants to get together and like whatever and he's not having it because he had really hoped that she would have like lost interest in him by now yeah because they've been like promised to each other for a long time and like obviously he doesn't know how to get out of it but he doesn't want to be with her exactly so he's he's just waiting for her to end it exactly so So he's kind of like being like he can't be an outright dick to her though because then the river queen's gonna get really mad um but he can kind of like just make life not so like romanticized i guess for yeah. her um so he has to keep up this charade because like obviously they're still promised to each other and he tells her he was in the city meeting with his friends and he's like oh like i'd love for you to meet them but like obviously they both know like deep down like that's not gonna happen because apparently like the river queen i don't think like lets the daughter like go above the water i don't think so it's very like little mermaid-esque you know what i mean um she eventually ends up leaving and therion is left to consider how much longer he can like deal with this relationship knowing that eventually both the river queen and her daughter will start probably pushing for a wedding at some point and then kids he's like i you know i have a very limited amount of freedom left in this Mm -hmm. regard and i noticed that they don't say her name yeah i don't think so but the, the, I don't even know. Does the River Queen have a name? All I know is he refers to her as the River Queen. So I'm thinking, and I've seen this theory floating around. It's like, because you know how SJM obviously has hinted at like a multiverse. 
maybe the reason why she hasn't given them a name is because the name is like more important on like a larger scale and you might recognize it from somewhere else. That's confusing. I know. But what are you going to do? I don't know. I guess we'll find out at some point. Exactly. Maybe. Or maybe it's just not important and that's why we don't get a name. Maybe. That's also, that's also possible. Um. So basically he's kind of just like, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to drag the shit out of this um, assignment because this assignment does give him a level of freedom. Like he can like go above the water and like, you know, he can talk to like Hunt and like all these people because of this like assignment thing. Um, we flip to Hunt, who's giving a tour of the Comidium to Bastion, much to his chagrin. He, like, hates it. And Bastion is kind of being a little bit of an ass and keeps asking Hunt, like, really dumb questions to occupy his time. Because, like, I guess he knows Hunt wants to go see Bryce, so he's being a little bit of, like, a butt. And um, Hunt ends up feeling some type of way because Bastion is in Justinian's old room. And if you remember, Justinian is the friend who... Who's dead. Yeah crucified yeah pretty bad like it was not like a cute way to die um and all of bastion's belongings like fit into one bag and like hunt is just kind of thinking about how the fact that when they were under sandriel like they're not allowed to use technology like they're not allowed to use like all this shit so he's like feeling some type of way about bastion um basically like he's just feeling pity he's Mm -hmm. like i i pity you I'm, I'm sad for you. He leaves Bastion alone and ends up meeting up with and chatting with Naomi and Isaiah, who are reminiscing about, like, Vic and Justinian. Like, Vic is the other dead friend. I think she's in a box. She's in the box in the bottom of the ocean or whatever. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like, just her, like, essence or something. Like, her body is, like... Like, her soul yeah. is, like, in a box. And it's just stuck there. Because she was some type of... I don't know what she was, but anyways, it was very sad. Um, Hunt, at this point, briefly considers telling isaiah about the rebels and he's hoping that like maybe if he tells isaiah like they'll give him like leniency like when obviously like this all goes to shit um but he ultimately decides not to say anything so he just shuts his mouth and goes home yep so now we are um with hunt and bryce who are in bed talking about the papers that bryce found in the coffee table and they Agree to help however however they can, basically, to find Emil, but that they need to figure out an exit strategy in case yeah. things goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce tells Hunt to stop looking so sexy, and Hunt says that he feels weird doing anything with Ethan in the apartment, but Bryce doesn't really care. Um, and then Hunt admits that it's been a while since he's had sex, specifically six months. Oh. And then they tell each other about the last person they slept with um and now they're both like sufficiently jealous and they're like well i gotta change that i gotta change that now um hunt tells her that he wants to hear her say yes before they have sex but she replies saying that she will say yes once she has had her fill of touching him first then she takes his pants off and apparently his dick is huge naturally I mean, um, and that brings back the old age question what how big are we talking here like what like tell me when to stop so, like, we've got – so, specifically from SJM, we've got Cassie and Stick, Reese's. Do you think they're all the same size? And like, Hunt's. No. No, I think there's obviously a gradient. Yes. 
and is it like girth to length ratio like how what's the limit what I is mean, how we're saying big? I, like both I, like no one wants a pencil dick like let's be real no so it's got to be proportional. I mean, I've got opinions. Okay, what's the opinion? So I think Cassian's is the girthiest. Girthiest? Personally. Okay, who's the biggest? I think overall biggest, Hunt. Really? I was going to say Asriel. But we haven't, we, we have no indication of his dick yet. I know, but just the vibe. That's true. I'll give you that. It's the vibe it's mm-hmm. giving. I think Reese's is, like, definitely something to write home about, but, like, it's not the biggest. Of everyone? Yeah, okay. I think everyone else's makes his look, like, average. And But I don't think it's any no, shape no, it's or not. form average. I mean, again, like, how much is too much? Like, there's probably... That's true, too. There's probably a limit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, but either size, way. It's not about the size. is what you do with it, right? That's what we say. A hundred percent. And I mean, obviously, all these guys are, like, highly yeah. skilled. yeah um well anyways so then he's with his pants off she gives him head and hun tries really hard to be quiet because of ethan like he literally has to like put a hand over his mouth (laughs) and then after they're done bryce is not a quitter if you know what i mean wink wink nudge nudge and basically it's kind of funny because then ethan yells from his room being like please have sex a little louder i didn't hear everything that time <laughs> i feel like you're screwed though because these are not like regular people I like know. these are all like veneer like with, the walls like, shouldn't be that thin that you're hearing it but like he's a werewolf or whatever yeah he's like so, a wolf so like, they're he- all they're all supernatural yeah so he's he- he's got some extra like sensitive hearing exactly. you know so he can hear everything um Hunt then says that he's going to fuck Bryce senseless, <gasps> to which Ethan responds, that sounds medically dangerous, <laughs> literally from the other room. Um, I'm dead. Bryce then says that tomorrow they'll go to a motel to pick up where they left off, and then they go to bed. Cute. So in comes the return of the spicy pepper Oh my ratings. god, our first spicy pepper ratings. Yeah, okay. it's been a while. So are we still doing it out of five? Yes. Okay. I give... Three and a half. I I give three. Like a okay, solid yeah. three. Like it's not full-blown sex, first no. of all. I and thought it was good, though. It's good. And it's hilarious with the whole Ethan yeah. like, ruining the moment. I thought it was like cutesy, too. Like, yeah. It was so funny. I'm giving like three, three and a yeah, half. Like same. that's kind of the vibe. I'm in agreement. I'm okay. in agreement. So in the night, Hunt finds himself bound in a chair at the bottom of an abyss. And the prince of the pit, Apollyon, has wished to meet him so he brought him there just say something what did i say the name wrong no you didn't but you know you know what i was thinking of every time i read the say napoleon really i was thinking apollo really oh i just read napoleon i straight up read napoleon but apollo is closer letter wise yeah but i feel like if you just scramble this word it makes napoleon no i swear there's no e you need two n's Okay, so maybe my thing's wrong. But you need a T in there. Bonaparte, eh? Okay, fine. You know what? I think it looks a little bit like Napoleon. Right? No. Okay. This is how you spell Napoleon. What? No, that's Neapolitan. Okay, wait. <laughs> wait. No, that's Neapolitan. That's the ice cream, babe. Neapolitan. Napoleon. Where is this guy? Napoleon Dynamite. No, not that. (laughs) 
Okay, still, the name does not look like that in my eyes. No, no. Okay, fair. Well, you know what? Maybe a little. See? Like the ending. That's because you were thinking about the ice cream. Yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> she was thinking about, you know, the three-color ice cream, Neapolitan? Yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> Either way, I was still, I was thinking Apollo. Okay, I, I was thinking it. Napoleon. So, anyways, Apollo wanted to meet <laughs> Hunt. Hunt is pretty unnerved about being in front of Apollo. Uh, so now I can't even say it now. Ap- Apollyon. 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 Now you got. Now you got me all confused. <laughs> Apollyon. I'm thinking Neapol. I'm thinking of like <laughs> ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> like what? Okay. So he's in front of Apollyon. Yeah. Who is called the Star Eater for devouring the seventh Astari. Astari. Mm-hmm. And Apollyon. See? Did I say Napoleon? See, you, 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 now you've ruined it for me. <laughs> I'll never say this again. Apollyon mm-hmm. says that Hunt is wasting his gifts and that him and Bryce don't know the full extent of their powers. Mm-hmm. Apollyon says they um, could both benefit from training and that their powers are similar, calling them conduits. Hunt mm. doesn't really care to talk to Apollyon, but Apollyon warns that if Hunt doesn't want his help, that maybe he'll send some obstacles to test their powers. Apollyon then says that he doesn't plan to lose this war. And then Hunt is jolted awake and he's back in bed with Bryce sleeping at his side. Again with the you should go train. Where? Train. With who? Like it's all this vagueness but actual no help. Like send me a business card. Yeah, like give me actual constructive criticism like, please. Like send me to a gym. Like like tell me where you yeah. want me to go. Like I'll do it. But just point me in the right direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So we're with rune now Mm -hmm. and Declan and flynn have joined him because he needs moral support before trying to use like the calm crystal for the first time so he sits on his couch and he's like leaning back and he's like picturing a mental bridge and like blah 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 and like he's sending the bridge like from his mind through the crystal and out into the void and he's all like hello like is anyone home like blah 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 and then he's like excuse me Okay, get your toy, girlfriend. She put her toy behind a pillow, and she was, like, really upset. Everyone's not like, having us anymore. She hates this. Yeah. She's like, you guys are not paying attention to us. <laughs> she really... She took a nap, and then she chose violence yeah. is, like, what happened. She was so calm literally, like, 10 minutes ago. Give me the toy, girlfriend. I'll hold it for you. All right, here we go. So then he's, like, also kicking himself because he didn't think of, like, an agent name. He was like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. Like... Yeah, Why what am I, I going to call myself? Like, what am I going to call myself? Rune? Like, I'm so dumb. Like, she's going to or they're going to know who I am or whatever. But like, as he's like lamenting about this, finally, someone responds and it's a woman's voice. Um, And then out on the mental bridge, a woman cloaked in fire walks out uttering like a code phrase. And then he like also responds with like a code phrase. Mm-hmm. So they know they're like who they're meant to be talking to. And she immediately is like, oh, my God, they sent a newbie without a code name. Um, but she's super satisfied that, like, the lines of communication are open again. So she ends up naming him Agent Knight. I, I guess because, like, the way he had, like, cloaked himself. Yeah, he's covered in, like, darkness. Starlight stars. and planets yeah. and stuff. And he only did that by, like, Mistake. accident. Yeah, like, he didn't happen mean to. happened to work out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she names him Agent Knight. And he asks her if she has any intel for him. To which he responds, tell your commander that safe pa- safe passage is granted under the cover of the waning moon. And Rune is like, the fuck? And she's like, okay, bye. Um, and she leaves. And they're low-key getting, like, a little flirty. Like, they were, like, bantering. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, ooh. Um, the next morning, Rune meets up with Cormac, Declan, and Flynn. He tells Cormac that 
um daybright told him like that like weird little like ew like safe passage is granted blah 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 and also lets him know that there's no news about the spine or about sophie so basically like the two things they care about like she didn't actually let them know about Cormac tells him to hang tight until he is asked to connect with Daybright again Cormac leaves telling the boys he's going to look around the black dock and the bone quarter um and then we go back to Hunt so Hunt um and Isaiah are going to Celestina's private residence to meet up with Naomi Bastion and Pollux because there was like an incident and Celestina apologizes for assuming she can introduce Pangerans to city life without more support because I guess like Pangera is a little bit backwards or like a little more old school and like the city is like very urban obviously I don't know so she's like yeah that's the vibe I get. she's like oh like my, my bad for thinking you guys can handle this kind of thing um apparently Bastion and Pollux were at a bar and Pollux was talking to this woman who wanted to fuck him and he took her to the back alley and was trying to hook up with her when Bastion comes over and attacks Pollux like he literally like tackles him um Bastion attacked him because the woman was apparently saying no over and over and over again but Pollux is like oh some women say no but they really do want it which is like ew ick gross why are you being disgusting Pollux somewhat with the hind yeah I don't think he gives a fuck yeah gross he doesn't strike me as like a stand-up kind of guy you know um Celestina asks why Bastion even followed him out to the alleyway in the first place and Bastion is like well I work for with him forever I know what he's like and then the others all start accusing Bastion of standing by and letting shit happen anyways they're like oh big deal like you've been doing this for ages like what's the difference now um but this actually like pisses him off and again you kind of get the sense of like something was clearly going down within Sandriel Chiari like Bastion is not what he might seem like it, it they're basically alluding to like Bastion was playing the game like to thing. me Pollux gives just terrible vibes like yeah sadistic sucks, fuck but bastion is warming to me i'm kind of getting a sense of like you know what i might like you yeah like Maybe. you you might do something You're, you might be redeemable yes 100 definitely not no no no. pollux could like jump off a bridge and yeah, die and i like truly. wouldn't shed a tear um celestina stops them all from arguing and she's like well this is fucked because the fight was filmed and it's airing on like every news station and she offered the woman the chance to press charges but like the woman declined because like Obviously, that's just going to cause the woman a shitstorm, mm-hmm. as it typically does. So she's like, no, I'd rather just, like, not report it. Um, she wanted to make an example of Pollux. Like, Celestina's like, honestly, I wanted to punish you. Like, I wanted to make you an example to the city. But she got a call from the Asteri that was basically like, you can't punish Pollux and you need to give him a second chance. So they're clearly Suspicious. watching very closely over what's happening in Crescent City. Isaiah's like, well, is there anything we can do to help clean this up? Like, blah, blah, blah. And Celestina is like, no, it's all done. The Asteri have blessed me with an opportunity. And they all find out that she's basically going to marry slash mate with Ephraim, the other archangel, in a month. Um, and Hunt can tell she's not, like, pleased about it. Like, she well, doesn't... it's basically an arranged uh, yeah. marriage as punishment. She doesn't, like, she has no choice. No. She has no choice. The Asteri basically did it to remind her, like, who has control over, like, her body and her life. Because along with mating, like, they they have to repopulate. Like, yeah. the archangel ranks. Like, gross. Disgusting. Um, on top of all this, 
because Ephraim's going to visit, Ephraim's Chiari is going to visit with him. So the hind is going to be in the city, which is like bad news bears. Celestina ends up dismissing the entire group other than Hunt. And when they're alone, she's like, damn, I heard about Bryce's engagement. I know you guys were close, blah, 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 blah. Hunt is like, you know what? We're taking it day by day. And Celestina, I guess, is like impressed with Hunt. And she ends up confessing that Sahar was actually a dear friend of hers. And she like they were communicating in secret over the years. And Hunt is shocked. He's like, I literally had no idea. And Celestina continues and says she had nothing to offer Sahar during the rebellion. And Hunt is like, well, you could have offered your power. Like, you could have fought with us. And Celestina apologizes. She's like, I live with that decision every single day. Um, she also confesses that she had longed to kill Sandriel. And um, she apologizes for not being able to rescue Hunt slash, like, buy Hunt from Sandriel all through the years, even though she tried. So apparently she had tried to, like, amass money and stuff to buy Hunt. But, like, every time she got denied and then about 100 years ago, she, like, had to stop trying because it was getting, like, really, really suspicious. Um, In a show of honesty, Hunt confesses that he thinks Sandril's old triari is poison and that they're all sadistic and then they need to be monitored. And Celestina, like, thanks Hunt for sharing his worries. And they both promise to essentially, like, help each other out. They're like, we're going to we're going to watch each other's backs kind of thing. Before he leaves, Hunt thinks about how everything um, was worth it anyways because every decision and shitty situation had led him to Bryce, which I thought was very sweet. So cute. When he leaves, Bastion is waiting for him in the hallway and he's like, oh, I guess you were warning Celestina about the old gang getting back together. And Hunt again is like, I don't buy your nice guy act and I don't know why you're being a pain in my ass now. Like, you need to cut the shit. Um, Bastion is like, Sandril is dead. I don't have to pretend to like Pollux anymore. So again, we're getting like glimpses into like, mm-hmm. not everything's as it seems. Like there's probably more to Bastion than we know. Hun tries to pry into the relationship between Pollux and Bastion, but Bastion is being like really vague. And Hun seems to think something went on with Sandril like after he left. Like something went down in that little group that he's like not been privy to. But Bastion is like, who says it has anything to do with Sandril? And then their conversation ends off with, Bastion being like, you tell me your secrets, Athalar, and I'll tell you mine. Do it. I want to know all the no, secrets. No, I literally want to know all the secrets. Like, do someone it. Just, do it. Uh, this, the, the, their entire relationship, Bastion and Hunt, is just like, I'll tell you if you tell me. Yeah. No, I'll tell you if you tell me. And then no one tells anyone anything, and we don't know. And now I'm more confused. Just so show each other your dicks and get it over with. Just like, really. get it over with. Anyways. <laughs> so now we're with Ethan, who is with Therion at a crime scene, and a uh, female Selkie was killed, like, execution style. Oof. And Therion asks if uh, Ethan smells anything, and Ethan says that he smells the scent of two humans on her, specifically mm. the scent of a male and a female. Mm. And Ethan thinks that the Selkie um, probably found Emil and helped him on his way to um, Lunation. Lunathion? Luna- I'll never say it right. Lunathion. <laughs> yeah, I'll never say it right. Never. I think Lunation sounds better, but Lunathion. Anyways, potentially the Selkie helped Emil get there, and then mm-hmm. the Selkie was found and tortured by a human woman for intel on mm. Emil's location, and as his guess is that the human was Pippa. Yeah. So at this rate, both Emil and Pippa could be in Lunathion. Mm-hmm. Back with Bryce and Rune, and they are heading to the Ox training facility to meet Cormac to start her training. And Bryce gets a call from her mom, but she sends it to voicemail. And Rune asks her about it and whether or not she plans on telling her mom about everything. And Bryce says, yeah, hell no. 
Yeah. No chance. She's like, I'm not doing yeah. it. Rune actually wishes, though, that he had Bryce's mom as a stepmom. And mm. then that makes Bryce feel bad. So she invites Rune to come with her home for winter solstice holiday. I thought that was cute. Yeah. It then starts raining and they take cover under like an awning and wait it out. And then in the awkward silence that follows, Rune asks her why she won't touch the star sword. Mm. Saying that she is more starborn than he is. So she should have it. Mm-hmm. She then says that she doesn't want it. And that it came to him first for a reason. Mm-hmm. She does mention a prophecy that the Fae have, which is when knife and sword are reunited, so shall our people be. So she thinks that the sword is meant for ruin and that there might be a knife out there for her. And if that isn't like Azriel's dagger, and then I don't know what else it could be. Right? Like, like I don't think there's been any other significant no, dagger. But, I mean, Sarah J. Mass has even said like she's like sprinkled lots of little um you know like cross crumbs yeah everywhere. everywhere that will actually make it all make sense in the multiverse when we get there at some point massive yeah. so um bryce actually then starts getting all existential saying that she thinks there's something out there guiding all this something mm. bigger than anything that they can grasp um she says that the veneer all came from somewhere else that they were immigrants to into midgard so what happened to um their home world like are the gods still there do those gods still care for them Mm -hmm. all this just getting super existential Mm -hmm. but their conversation is interrupted by a reaper who knocks rune unconscious and drags him into a sewer drain so dramatic like very dramatic like so dramatic um rune has no idea what happened to him all he knows is that he's in a black void and that someone jumped him and bryce all of a sudden he hears agent daybright's voice and he's like how the hell did you get in here without the crystal and Day is confused, too. She has no idea how this happened. All she knows is that she felt the bridge there, and she felt like he was in danger. And she's, like, urging him to wake up. And as she's yelling at him, he's sensing something familiar about her. And he's convinced that he knows her. But she's like, you don't. Now open your eyes. And then we immediately switch to Bryce, who finds her brother surrounded by five reapers. And they're threatening to drop him in the sewer water if Bryce doesn't stay back and, like, listen to their message. And as they're holding, like, Rune, I, I picture them holding him upside down. Yeah. Like, by one leg. Yeah, by one leg. Like, literally by yeah. an ankle. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Too. Okay, good. Um, As they're holding him, the star sword on his, like, it, he has it on his back. And it, like, brushes up against one of the reapers. And the reaper, like, hisses. So he's like, I don't want that to touch me. Five more reapers end up coming out of the shadows at that point, And they tell her that the prince of the pit, so Apollonian, Apollonian, Napoleon, Apollonian. Neapolitan, yeah. Apollo, um, sent them. And he wants to face her as a worthy opponent when she is at her full power. Bryce is like, thanks, besties. But like, you literally interrupted us on our walk to train. Like, how am I supposed to get in my full power if like you keep jumping us? They also reveal that the Prince of the Pit is prowling around the Bone Quarter for the other one who might be his worthy opponent or his greatest weapon, a.k.a. Emil. Bryce is like, okay, fuck. So Emil is definitely here. And then the Reapers are like, ooh, maybe we'll get a little taste of you now. And as they come towards her, Bryce, like, Care Bear stares them, like, with her light. She's like, mm. And, like, all the Reapers, like, fall back and they're like, ee. And then they receive another blast of pure night um Cormac appears at this point and he's popping in and out of the shadows like teleporting the reapers away so he'll like pop grab one pop away like come back right and he's yelling at her to use her light and when she does the reapers like drop rune and Cormac catches him and vanishes and when Cormac comes back he tosses the star star sword to Bryce 
which she uses to promptly kill one of the Reapers. Cormac lunges for her and teleports them to the Ox Training Center where Rune is. Bryce is like, what the fuck, you can teleport? But Cormac is staring at her awestruck because she had just used the Star Sword to slay that which is unkillable. Like, you're not supposed to be able to slay the Reapers. Yeah, because they're, like, already technically dead. Yeah, they're, like, dead. Yeah. Like, hello. But you know what You can't be, like, double dead. This kind of confuses me, too, because, like, I thought Hell was going to be their ally because, like, Adis seems to be their ally. (sighs) And so, and even when, like, Apollyon first shows himself to hunt, it seems like he's trying to help. And now he's like, nah, bitch, I want to face you when you're strongest. I want a worthy opponent to, like, fight. So I'm confused what side he's on. I also, they kind of address this confusion, too, in the next part. Like, um, like jumping ahead just a little bit. Like, they're, they kind of do question, like, whether or not the Prince of the Pit actually sent the Reapers or if it was someone else. Yeah, but that, that despite that, like, aside, like, I still don't know where these hell people stand like where they stand i mean i think that adis is firmly on their side yeah, but well, adis yeah because but i given, think he has all ulter- given like sexy vibes so yeah 100 like, percent. he's i also think that adis has ulterior motives like Adis i don't think yeah i don't think he's motives? he's not doing this out of the goodness of his heart like i think he was in love with like thea or something and he's like using this as like retribution well i think that the princes of hell clearly have something against the Asteri. 100%. And that's what this war is really about. They're like the anti-Asteri. Yeah. Oh. Aren't and there like seven circles of hell? There's... Th- the number seven is like everywhere. There's seven Asteri, though one of them is dead. Right. There's seven this, seven... Like there's seven... The number seven... Because I was going to say there's like seven circles of hell, which means seven princes of I hell. I think there are seven princes of hell. Versus the seven Asteri. Yeah, but one of the Asteris is dead, so there's only six left. Right, right, right. So they're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Oh, so many theories. I know. I've been like, I've been seeing so many theories, and I don't want to say anything because we'll like, we'll do a massive that. episodes on we'll it. Leave but it at that. so we're at the end now. Like, this is the this end is where we're gonna leave one. you. Um, we're gonna leave you here. Yeah. Because and next time we're gonna start part two, which is called the Abyss. I'm assuming that's just another circle of hell, is what I'm putting together. Sure. 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 That's that's I think sounds like, plausible. Sounds plausible. Yeah. Thoughts? Do you have any thoughts otherwise on this part? Other than, like, I'm confused still. I'm always confused. Yeah. Just a lot of info dumping still. Yes. And we're, like... It's, like, the plot... A quarter of the way through. Yeah. Like, the plot thickens. Yeah. But I am not... But no resolutions at all. No. And I'm not... I'm not picking up what they're putting down. Yeah. It's, like, all this information I'm, like, slowly starting to store. And I'm, like, when will it come into use? Well, I told you, like, I read this book already, right? Yeah. It's like I'm reading it for the first time. Like, I'm literally getting to things and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, this happened. There's a lot. And then there's just like a lot of new stuff, too. So, so many new people. So many new things. Yeah. Um, What are we doing next week? So next week, we're taking a break from Sarah Jane Us. Yes, we are. And we are going to be talking about the Allie Hazelwood universe. Yeah. All things Allie Hazelwood and her steminist all her novels. books. Smutty stem. Love it. I love her. I'm so excited. So excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening or watching. I was like, what am I going to say? But then I was like, I remember what I'm going to say. Um, all our information is like down below in the description, no matter like where you're watching it or listening on like Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Um, please consider like leaving a review or subscribing or leaving a comment. We love interacting with you guys. Our DMs are always open on Instagram. Um, and we love being back. So thanks. Thanks again. 
and thanks for listening to Two Book Bitches. Bye!